Good morning. Listen to Mark and Neanderthal when you get to work with the free KSLX app. 100.7 KSLX. It's Mark and Neanderthal. We welcome you to Friday. And uh, by the way, if you're driving into work, be careful if you are on I-17. It has just been ranked the fourth deadliest and most dangerous highway in the nation. Also, be careful if you find yourself driving on I-17 because it's not actually an interstate. Interstate 17 is is not not an interstate. It's not what it claims to be. Yes, it's a lie. It's It's, a big lie. Everything you know about I-17 is false. It's really just an intrastate (laughs) highway, like intramurals. I always love that because, you know, (laughs) the 60 is technically longer than the I mean, more of an interstate than the 17. Well, an interstate, I think, by definition, goes to more than one state. Yes, it crosses borders. Yes, and it's a national highway, and it's funded by, I think, federal highway funds as opposed to state highway funds. I think that's right. the only reason. That might be why it was called I-17, because we borrowed money from the federal government to build it. Right. And the same way, same way that interscholastic sports means you're playing, like, all over the place. Yes. Whereas intramurals means you're just playing like other kids from your school, basically. Oh, I always thought that meant you were just painting, well, maybe. You were painting something random on a wall. <laughs> that's what I thought that meant. There's that, too. Yeah. Although I could be, could be a little botched on those definitions. It's very there. possible. No, I think intramural is basically uh, uh, one one school system or one organization playing yeah. amongst itself. Yeah, and then Like inter- an inter-squad. Inter-squad inter- is yeah. one team playing amongst itself. And interscholastic, you're playing other districts and so forth and states. And Wouldn't it be great if this was interesting? Uh, so... <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're very excited about the weekend here as you have picked the top 35 classic rock drummers of all time. Like, here's a suggestion. I wonder if this guy shows up on the list, it'll be because of the votes of people who really read the credits on albums. Yeah, because I I think this guy might be, he's one of those guys, he's a fixer. Hey, guys. I uh, just wanted to throw Tommy Aldridge into the mix. He's up there on my list. Tommy yeah. Aldrich. Most people wouldn't know his name. Yeah. Most music lovers wouldn't know his name, but he's been all over, including uh, he's on the first two, at least, Ozzy Osbourne albums, the solo well, albums, right? Technically, he replaced the, right. those guys because Lee Kerslake. His, his picture is on the back. <clears throat> his picture's on yep. it, but he's not drumming on it. He actually yeah. was in the first, the Ozzy Osbourne Blizzard of Oz band by the time they went out on the road. But Lee, right. Ker- Lee Kerslake was the guy that actually did the original drums. Tommy Aldridge gets the credit for it, but that's kind of Tommy Aldridge in a nutshell because he's one of those guys that he wasn't, you know, the, the original drummer in most of the bands he was in. Like Whitesnake. Yeah, he wasn't the original drummer in Whitesnake. Right. Wasn't Gary Moore's original drummer. I believe uh, he was the original drummer in Black Oak, Arkansas yes. way back when. Yeah. And and he played with Pat Travers for a while, too. Yeah, so and he's he, on a bunch of other records. He's a fixer. And I, when I say a fixer, he's the kind of guy, like, if you're sitting there, you're going, okay, these drum tracks are not what we need to do. The producer goes, I know a guy that can get the sound we're looking for. And they bring him in. And you'll know Tommy Aldridge because anytime you see him in video, he's got he's got the kind of hair that you would see from the old Scare Bear bunch. He's got a massive, yeah. massive Great head drum. of hair. Great drummer, phenomenal so, guy. So let's uh, let's highlight some drummers. And I'll, you know what? I will give a little love to a guy who's always sort of the butt end of jokes. But if you listen to some of his stuff, he knew what he was doing. Hey, if John, Paul, and George didn't mind having him around, he must have been pretty good. And He's better than the best guy for the job because he replaced Pete Best. Yeah, so I always like this section of, this is from the album, Let It Be. It's the title song from the album after the guitar solo. It's ways into the song, but if you listen to some of the stuff he's doing in the background of Let It Be here, it's pretty interesting. And when the night is cloudy, there is still a light. 
It's not the fastest thing in the world nope. or the most dynamic thing in the world, but it's very subtle. It's in the background, and you might not even notice it if, unless you're listening for it, but it's perfect. Throw stones all you want at Ringo Starr. He was in the friggin' Beatles. <laughs> you, you, yeah, well, throw stones all you want. You won't reach his house. No, no, he's doing just fine. Thanks for asking. Because <laughs> the lawn is big. As I mentioned before with Eric Carr, there are certain guys, and again, you talk about the, the, the wave of influence or the tree of influence uh, from a guy like John Bonham. How about this? Just, there's no, no subtlety. That? That's Tommy Lee. Ah, okay, yeah. That's Tommy Lee, you know. Oh, right, okay. Yeah, yeah Tommy Lee Tommy Lee might be the greatest drummer of his generation. From Motley from, Crue. Of all yeah. the hair bands and all the bands that did that hard rock era, he was the guy. Not only can he play everything, he's a phenomenal drummer. He's in a band that doesn't really show off how well he can drum, except for when he does his drum solo. Because not only can he play as well as he does, kind of like we talked about with Angus Young, the way he moves, the way he, he plays. He can spin around. He can spin around it. upside down and he did it on a roller coaster. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's pretty crazy. It's pretty Stupid yeah. how many things Tommy Lee can do with so. his drums. So. Let's do this, okay? Weekend movie pick. One of my personal favorites. I mean, this is way up there. This is Train to Busan good and more, I think. I wouldn't say that as far as being my personal favorite, but a brilliant movie. I'm not yeah. really into I'm not really into this director's movies, um, but... Well, this was his best and his, his yeah. first and his best. Yeah, it, it's pretty amazing. We're talking about the classic Sixth Sense. Directed by M. Night Shyamalama Ding Dong. Yeah, it, um, and, and, and to think about this for a second, this movie's like 23, 24 years old already. It's 31 years old. Is it really? 1990, I believe. Is 1999. It is 22 <laughs> years old. So let's give you the uh, the plot summary from Mo, our friend down the hall at one of the other stations here. Malcolm Crow is an award-winning child psychologist who was shot by a former patient. Months later, Malcolm takes on the case of eight-year-old Cole, trying to help the profoundly troubled boy. Cole gets picked on a lot at school by bullies like Tommy Tomasino, and he claims he sees dead people. Weird, huh? Yeah, it's a little on the weird side. <laughs> you didn't recognize the name Tommy Tomasino, did you? No. That's an inside joke with my wife and I. There, he's the he's the the crap kid who locks Cole in that little attic crawl space. And, right. Yeah. And uh, at the end, Bruce Willis says Tommy Tomasino sucked big time in the play. Yeah. It's a, and it's just a great line. Yeah. There's also uh, a couple of different uh, weird, you know, not cameos, but uh, uh, performances. Tony Collette. She's. I think she's the MVP of the movie as she, the single mom yeah. raising raising this kid who's got problems. Yep, and a very, uh, a young Misha Barton and uh, a young Donnie Wahlberg. Donnie Wahlberg. Donnie Wahlberg in this. After after the new kids on the block. And before he became, you know, whatever, CSI or or Blue Bloods. Yeah. Yeah. He was sort of just beginning his acting career and he was pretty good. He was really good. He apparently starved himself for the role because he's rail thin. Right. Um, But it, and we can let you know now, it's been 22 years, you know, Bruce Willis is dead the whole time. I had forgotten it. I rented it on video. I had forgotten reading that. They fooled me, Jerry. And that's brilliant. And that's what happened to me at the beginning. For those of you, and again, spoiler alert, if you haven't seen it, although you probably should see it. We're advising you to watch it this weekend. Yeah. At the beginning of the movie, Bruce Willis gets shot by a patient. And he survives. No. 
Yeah, you think. And, and you know what? Knowing that does not diminish your no. enjoyment of the movie. No. It's so good. When you see the ways they fool you yeah. that he's actually dead, you'll be like, oh, my God. Yeah. How did I not know? And, and again, just because we're giving away a couple of spoilers, the movie is so, so well done. It's yeah. so well done. And what it's done to me is it created, it, it, it awakened the inner cynic in me. This is why every time I see a picture of a receipt with a racist comment on it, I say to myself, that might not be real. <laughs> because I've seen The Sixth Sense. Yeah. And it could yeah. the whole thing could be a cunning ruse. Yeah. So, you know what? The clip doesn't even matter. Just go enjoy the movie. You'll at least hear Bruce Willis say, that's right, keep moving, cheese dick, in the movie. <laughs> and that's worth the price of admission right there. So, And a very, very emotional, tear-jerking scene at the end of the movie is fantastic. Yeah, you don't expect... I mean, again, you don't expect it. And even though you do expect it, this is almost like Penn and Teller. They tell you they can do the magic trick. They tell you they're going to fool you. They show you how they're going to fool you and they still fool you exactly it's brilliant so, it's a it's a great movie go yeah. enjoy it this weekend so when we talked about uh steven seagal's house yesterday he's, he's put this house uh in scottsdale up for sale nine it's like nine thousand square feet but the feature i think we underplayed it yesterday because it well, is well, so a lot insane. of us underplayed it i recognized it immediately no i mean i knew how crazy it was we just didn't spend any time with it yesterday but this lady knew what we were talking about this this very very particular feature his house is bulletproof yeah i'm telling you i read that and i was like are you serious you're in the middle of nowhere, dude. <laughs> he is in the middle of nowhere. We're talking about Valley resident Steven Seagal, who yeah. put his house up for sale. And yes, one of the amenities, that if you're in the market for such a thing, is that it's bulletproof. Yes, so here's a, here's a quick rough demo of a song about that. Let's play this here quickly. <laughs> Let's do this. Oh, boy. Scenic views. Privacy too. Steven Seagal's house is perfect for you. It's a bulletproof home. Nice. By Steven's home, you'll feel so swell. Protected from gunfire from cartels. Yep. <laughs> He's got a bulletproof home. It's a bulletproof home. I got to be honest with you. Knowing that Steven Seagal has a bulletproof home, is everybody else within the sound of my voice disappointed that we haven't seen helicopters and gunfire <laughs> in the valley? Anytime. I mean, outside of lethal weapon, shouldn't there be a, like a, an Apache helicopter with some guy leaning out the side with an AK-47 just riddling Steven Seagal's? And if there isn't, there should be before he sells it. I'm going to need proof that the home is that's bulletproof. Right. That, well, that's part of the home inspection. The certification. Right yes. That is part of the home yeah. inspection. You know, you can the, say, The truth hey, in the listing is what you hey, have there. I've got granite countertops, upgraded appliances. He's like, I have a bulletproof home. <laughs> it's completely bulletproof. It's bulletproof. Uh, okay. <laughs> All right. All right, go for it. They're all the same. His movie's lame. He's had his 15 minutes of fame. You can buy Seagull's bulletproof home. All right, that's that's all I, I got for that. Yeah. All right, give me give me one more. Oh, you want one all more? Right, all right, here we go. <laughs> Take a look. What's the harm? Don't stay too long. He'll break your arm <laughs> in his bulletproof home. Oh right, boy, I, I mean, I almost have one here too. Now that you just you just okay, inspired me for it. 
Take a look. He's just the cook. I'm sure he's never read a book. Just the cook, Going by Seagal's Bulletproof Home. What is that, Under Siege? Where yeah. He's just the cook? He's just, that, I'm, yeah. I'm just the cook. Just the cook. Just yeah. the cook. So uh, there you go. Steven Seagal, he has, he has a freaking Bulletproof Home. All right, so. What kind of a jerk? Here's the thing. Like, how narcissistic are you in your world that you think to yourself, if I'm buying a home and Phoenix, Arizona. I should make sure it's bulletproof. Maybe I don't know if he built it though. It well, might have come bulletproof already, maybe or he, maybe he upgraded to bulletproofing. From he was like double plane, double pane. No, 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 no. I need bulletproof windows. <laughs> he bought the house from Fredo Corleone. I think is what he did there. Jesus, man. I just love it. Sure, you you can take your two by six construction and think you're hot stuff. All right, well, well, if you are a member of the Sinaloa cartel and you're looking for a nice second pad, we have we'll a hideout for you. Meanwhile, we don't need voting here. This is uh what is this is uh, an autocracy here. We just we look at this thing and we decide indiscriminately to make somebody the Mark and Neanderthal dumbass of the day. Autocracy. Yeah, you like that? What are you big time in me? I'm just trying to be all well the politics are big right now. I hear it index is big with the kids. So the kids are on fleek this morning. Yes. <laughs> so when your pet needs to go to the vet and you're a caring pet owner, there's no time to waste. Am I right? Uh, you're absolutely right. right. So if you've got a sick little kitty cat, you gotta get that kitty into the car and go, even if you're a 64-year-old man who's been drinking old smoky Tennessee moonshine. That's the name of the brand? Is that really a thing? Uh there's a label in the in the story. Oh, there's that's a picture. So yeah. good. Old smoky Tennessee moonshine. Hells to the yeah. So this was all actually unfolding in Ashland, Ohio, just a week ago. Now, because of his impaired judgment, the unnamed 64-year-old man made a right-hand turn too early. The veterinary clinic he wanted to go to was still about a half mile down the road. Instead, the 64-year-old man turned into the parking lot for the West Holmes Career Center in Ashland. What's up, Holmes? Which is sort of a vocational training spot for high school students, and there were students in the parking lot. Were they? Are they proficient in car repair? Because it sounds like he might have crashed. Well, it, it's interesting. <laughs> uh, in fact, the, the driver was traveling too fast as he barreled into the parking lot, almost hit a couple of students, and when they came over to his car... He was extremely belligerent with them. In fact, the driver was belligerent with everybody in the parking lot, and there were a good number of people in the parking lot. Why is that? Uh, Because state patrol and sheriff's deputies were conducting their annual mock DUI crash presentation, (laughs) which teaches the high schoolers the dangers of driving while under the influence. Serendipity right there. That's beautiful. And and this is, at first, the 64-year-old driver was thought to be part of the presentation. (laughs) Of course he was. Wow, this actor is great. Yes. But How were you able to afford him? <laughs> he's, he soon proved to be all too real. He's the Charlton Heston yep. of crisis actors. Yep, all too real, <laughs> especially when, while failing field sobriety tests, he began doing karate kid poses. Okay. Instead of just trying to put one foot in front of the other, which he was unable to do. Sweep the leg. Yeah. You got a problem with that? <laughs> the man was arrested. I wish we had his name. but yeah, uh, it's so good. Literally the most instructive class Ever. Ever. And he is the Mark and Neanderthal dumbass of the day. You think that's a beautiful story you just told? What timing. Holy cow. <laughs> Great day to be talking about drummers with yeah. timing like that. Outstanding. That was sponsored by Roadrunner Harley Davidson. You can find them. They're the Valley's newest Harley dealership, 159th Avenue and McDowell in Goodyear for Roadrunner Harley Davidson. 
100.7 KSLX. I'm glad we played Kansas here on the Mark and Neanderthal show. Because <laughs> Your favorite band. It's it, one of my favorites. They're in my top ten for sure. Top five probably. The drummer, like that's from the fourth album. Okay, it's when they had sort of tightened up their sound, shorter songs, let's try and get on the O, and sure. it worked for them. They right. had three albums before that. The second album is one of my favorite of all time called Song for America. There's only six songs on it. One of them is 16 minutes long and it has a two-minute drum solo in it. Of course, on exactly. On a studio album that that's, is highly unusual. That's what you need. But the drummer, his name is Phil Ehart. This is from a song called Devil Game, and you'll, uh, you'll hear this. I think this is fantastic. them doing their best rush rush was not even out yet yeah this is them doing their thing yeah they, they were they were a, a a very hard rocking progressive band at that time and it, they did some really interesting stuff and we're talking about drummers because we're doing the top 35 classic rock drummers of all time it's funny that you mentioned progressive rock because that's a style of of music that uh, doesn't get a whole lot of play um outside of rush and pink floyd and maybe some genesis progressive rock music sort of gets gets overlooked sometimes um, one of the greats of all time is is Yes, and their drummer Bill Bruford is a guy who probably will make this list at some point, at some place. But he wasn't the guy that's on the big the big Yes songs that we all remember. The remember big the, albums, the, the big yeah. selling albums. Yeah, remember 90125 when that came out? And, and when that came out, it was a new lineup of Yes, and the drummer was a guy named Alan White, and he had just a huge drum sound. Listen to this beat. It doesn't stay this way. It changes. Yeah, he, and the emphasis he's great on too. It, yeah. they, they've had two great drummers in Yes. Yes. Yeah, they, because uh, you have to when you're in, when you have a band that's that that's that musically talented. Yeah. So uh, this starts this well. This afternoon is the block party. Karen Delessandro will pick the uh, start that at five o'clock. Then at nine o'clock tomorrow morning is when we start counting down blocks that each feature the top 35 classic rock drummers of all time, as picked by you. Sure. At kslx.com. Well, who give us your favorite drummer? Oh, you know, I got to go with Bonzo, John Bonham. Sure. But I love Charlie Watts. Oh, okay. Charlie Watts from the Stones is two completely different styles of yeah. drumming. Charlie Watts, to me, is just, I, he must be good because I don't, I don't notice him at all. He's fine. Here's what Charlie Watts is. Charlie Watts is just like Phil Rudd with ACDC. He's not going to wow you with technical brilliance. He's the right guy for the gig, and his swing is essential to the band. If, if you could put, I mean, any drummer can play Charlie Watts' drum lines, but you can't play them like Charlie Watts. There's a there's a smell, there's a stank that's on it that you just can't replicate. Well, Mick Jagger's like, if he's doing all kinds of crazy stuff, that's fewer people watching me. Right, so just exactly. just keep it steady. And, uh, and but, the, but John Bonham from Led oh, Zeppelin, Jesus. of course, I mean, what a legendary sound. He is going to end up on this list. I would be shocked oh, yeah. if he weren't in the top five, if not the top three. Very much. Um but there are so many. I mean, what example could we use? Here's one. It is amazing. Uh, Fool in the Rain from In Through the Outdoor has this amazing, like, uh, uh, samba breakdown in the song. But about two-thirds of the way through it, they come out of it and go back into the groove. Listen to what John Bonham is doing here when they get back to the verse. This is ridiculous. It's 
beat. It's such yeah. a good beat. I don't even like that song, but I do like that part of it. Yeah. It's very cool. Yeah, that's the thing about, about uh, John Bonham is he had, he could do everything. Robert Plant always said it wasn't what John Bonham played, it was what he didn't play that made him so great. All right, so, well, let's do some more yes here. This yeah. is Alan White on drums. Yep, this is the one we all know. 90125 at KSLX. Nick Mason from Pink Floyd drumming on that song. You know, he's probably going to get some votes just because everybody know. you know, a lot of people know his name because he's in Pink right. Floyd. And, yeah. um, you know, I don't think his name really pops up as one of the greatest classic rock drummers of all time, but he probably is an excellent drummer. We just don't pay as much attention because there's other things to pay attention to when you're listening to Pink Floyd. Yeah, and, and again, we talked about the top 35 classic rock drummers of all time, which we'll start counting down tomorrow morning as we celebrate the 35th anniversary of the Valley's Classic Rock Station. You voted at KSLX.com. I almost guarantee, I, I will guarantee, he's not going to make this list. I mean, we haven't even talked about Rick Allen from Def Leppard yet. Right. And the guy only has one arm. Right. And by the way... It's phenomenal. And, and, and he had to relearn how to play because yeah. your drumming is a full physical activity, um, and it's exhausting to do. Imagine just, you know, you've got your arms, if you've got both arms and both feet flailing around, you're pretty much exhausted when you're done. Imagine you do all that stuff and you play like an intense drummer and then you also have to sing, which brings us to an interesting category. I can only name four guys that are drummers that sing well, in their bands. You know what got us thinking about packaging this as singers was, you know, earlier this morning when this guy called. I never forget the first time I saw a video of the Eagles doing Hotel California Live in the late 70s and I'm watching this, I'm going, you mean, you mean the drummer is singing? It just looks so bizarre. It does always look strange yeah. when the drummer is the, the lead singer. Yeah, but I mean, it's it's a it's a talent. I mean, you got to sing and then concentrate on your drumming, also. Yeah, I, I mean, Peter Chris did it with Kiss. Obviously, Ringo yeah. Starr did it. Um, I don't know that Ringo ever did it live. He did a little bit okay. of it live. But how about like Don Henley with the but they just can't kill the boom boom. boom yeah, boom, yeah, boom, I mean, boom, yeah, it's and a famous part that. of Hotel California. Um, and then you start talking about um, you know, we talked about Rush a little bit earlier earlier with Neil Peart, and we'll probably he'll probably show up in the list. What about Canada's other Rush? Triumph. This is a good drummer, right? Gilmore. Gilmore, but he's also the primary lead vocalist for the band as well. Yeah. Listen to that drum line. And that's the drummer singing. Yeah. Most of the Triumph songs we know are sung by the guitar player, but he sang a ton of them. Yeah, I mean, Gilmore sings most yeah, of the most yeah. of the the Triumph catalog, but I mean, you talk about drummers who sing. There aren't many of them out there. Obviously, we talked about Don Henley, Peter Chris, Ringo Starr. Uh, in fact, the drummer of this band sings their biggest hit by far. Talking about Kelly Keegi from Night Ranger. Sister Christian, oh, the time has that, come. He's the drummer. Always thought it was weird. Remember when we had Night Ranger out there out in the West Valley at uh, and when they were doing the spring training yeah. celebration, and they set him up sideways so that you can see him because he's a singer, so he has to be out front. Okay, here's so to a, speak. Here's another drummer who didn't always sing, but sang the band's biggest hit, and that is a. Uh, Don Brewer from Grand Funk with We're an American Band. Okay. Yeah. There you go, yeah. Now, do you have the the five-second clip that... Oh, Jesus. Okay. Now, this guy is a great drummer, um, but what will put him on this list for sure... I know he's going to be on this list. I can feel it. Yeah. There's no doubt. It's, it's only because of this. Because of this... He's a he's a shoe in for the list. I mean, hell, it's even Mike Tyson's favorite drum line. It's a pop culture iconic reference. That's all you need to hear. 
That's all you it's need about to hear. two seconds, right? That, that's all you need yeah. to hear. Everybody has to do that. It's, yeah. it's ridiculous in that situation. Yeah. Paul. Yes. Yeah. Guido, what's uh, up? What do you got? I just wanted to break in. Okay. It, it might be uh, against the green. I know Phil Collins is the greatest. Well, he's not the greatest, he's, but he's, he's one of them. He's a pin ultimate. Oh, I see what right. you did there. I see. Yeah, so uh, he's he's next to the greatest? Yeah. Let me let me play you something that happened naturally. This is in nature. It happened naturally. It might prove to be better than Phil Collins. Go ahead. Doubtful. Yeah. Let me let me play it here. Hold on. Falling down a flight of stairs. <laughs> that that was a deer. A deer. That's that right. On stumbling over a plastic slide. That's right. It's yeah, a if, viral video if, of the deer falling down the slide. Could, if that could sound that good, <laughs> is Phil Collins really, <laughs> really the great? Like all I know right, Mike Tyson's favorite and all. Yeah. What what should people? When they get on YouTube, what should they fill you know, in to see on, that? Put it up on our page. It's in the deer tonight. Okay, yeah, in the deer I'll, tonight. I'll post it on the, yeah, post I, it on the page. I remember seeing yeah, that. No, yep. it's so stupid. <laughs> Another drummer who sings, Levon Helm from the band. All right, there you go. He sang, he sang you know, uh, The Weight Up on Cripple Creek. He sang all that stuff for the band, so... KSLX. A lot of drumming going on in that one. Bill Ward from Black Sabbath. Yeah. He could could easily wind up on our list of the top 35 classic rock drummers of all time. Yeah, it's uh, it's actually 12 hours, uh, 24 hours away. 24 hours away, we'll kick off the top 35 classic rock drummers in classic rock, according to your votes, this weekend. It'll be part of our block party weekend, which Karen D'Alessandro will kick off today at 5 o'clock. All right, so as it's 9 o'clock right now, we should give you the big three at 9. This is the uh, the audio clips that have been making their ways around that people are talking about, and uh, there's some pretty cool stuff coming up. Okay, I'll tell you what. Another series is going to be rebooted and redone, brought back to television. Are you worried about it? Are you worried that it's not going to be as good? Well, let's play the promo for it. Maybe you can guess what it is. There really is nothing like getting back to nature. My nature. Do you recognize the voice? Uh, I do. I do, yeah. Michael C. Hall, I think is his name, as Dexter. This is coming back. It's interesting. Dexter came out at a time when the anti-hero became the hero. We were to things like, you know, the Sopranos and stuff like that, where we embraced people who had uh, societally questionable behavior. And the idea that, you know, Dexter, for those that don't know, he was the county coroner in Miami, in the Miami area. And he was also a serial killer. But only killed the bad guy. Yeah, he, it was like a vengeance type deal thing. He was like the Punisher, if I you will. Watched, I watched the first two seasons of Dexter, and I thought they had taken it as far as they could go. But it went for another, I think, five seasons after that. And now it's coming back again. I'm, I'm really surprised. It was uh, it was well done, but I think inconsistent. Some seasons were better than others. Yeah. I mean, it was, I mean uh, John Lithgow did a season on it where he was one of the uh, the uh, the antagonists and he was phenomenal. Yeah, it's basically they have a new antagonist every, every season. season. Yeah, so, it's um, it's very good. All right, so we move from Dexter over to OJ Simpson. I can't think of what they might have. In oh, common. yeah. Well, one what of them they is, have in common. One of them is uh, is a serial killer, and the other one is a fantastic actor. Huh. Okay. Um, so OJ Simpson, uh, he does a thing where he, I think it's on, you know, some sort of social media platform. He speaks every day and he was criticizing LeBron James for a, uh, well, a little bit of a misguided tweet. 
Hey, Twitter world, it's me, yours truly. Tough morning listening to all the criticism that LeBron uh, James is getting. Uh, I'm a fan of LeBron. I admire the work that he's done, how he's helped his community. But sometimes you need to take your time and be a little more patient before you comment on some of these um, bad incidences that are happening with police departments. Okay, OJ. Wait, OJ Simpson is trying to preach patience and understanding and tolerance. Is he really? OJ Simpson. Crazy thing is, I agree with him. Here's, I, I agree with everything he said. I like LeBron James, but that last tweet about the Ohio police shooting yeah, what was he, uncalled for and foolish. What he did is he posted a picture on his Twitter feed of the officer involved in the Columbus, Ohio shooting, which, as we're hearing more, you know, we don't know how this is going to turn out, but it turns out he had to make this decision. We don't know whether it was the right or the wrong one, but in essence, LeBron James, before getting the story, posted a picture of that police officer, who's not a public figure, and a target, crosshairs on it, and it said, you're next. Very stupid. It was super, super classless, super inappropriate. It was the wrong thing to do, and I can't believe I'm agreeing with O.J. Simpson on anything. He deleted the tweet very quickly. But, I think he knew he overstepped, and, but that was really stupid. Three words you'll never, or four words really if you count them. Uh, OJ was right. That just happened. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Alright, so how about a fun one here? This is cool. Uh, in Illinois, John Hinkle's a 39-year-old former two-time NCAA bowling champion. What is he, big time in us? Yeah! And he just bowled a perfect game... But there's a really cool aspect to it. His dad's ashes were in the ball. I had tears in my eyes for the 11th and 12th frame. I couldn't even tell you where that last ball went. I had so many tears in my eyes just throwing it. I just was hoping that it would strike, and it did. Nice. I think Nailed got, it. I think you got to hit 12 straight strikes for a perfect game. Yes. Um, so I, who, who gets the credit? Who gets the <laughs> Him or dad? Is he a real life Carol from Mystery Men? Remember Mystery Men? She was the bowler. That was the, uh, um, uh, what's her name? Janine Garofalo. Janine Garofalo's character yeah. in ah, Mystery okay. Men. She was, that was, she was a superhero whose father's ashes were inside her bowling ball and she threw, and she'd open her bowling bag and throw the bowling ball at people. Really? As a weapon. That's awesome. This is, this is life imitating art. He, I love, he I, doesn't have the skull on the bowling ball like she does. <laughs> yes. But yeah, yeah, pretty much. I now, love this story though. It's very cool. It's, you know, his, he was introduced to him and his brother were introduced to bowling by their dad. It was a big thing in their lives, and they put him in a bowling ball. That's where they keep his ashes. I think that's fantastic. I yes. love it. Carmine, by the way, is the uh, is the spirit that's inside the bowling ball. Nice. Carmine. Now, I will tell you a personal story very quickly. I have a friend whose father passed, and he was a member of a bowling club um, up in New York, and she has his ashes in a bowling pin. Instead of an urn, because like he was it. such a big fan of bowling, yeah. and he was a very good bowler. Completely appropriate. Yes, so yeah. that was that was what they've chosen to intern his ashes into, Yep, which I think is awesome. Very nice. It'd be like if you were a guitar player, they put your ashes in an urn on a guitar stand. Yeah, something, something like, like that. Yeah, Something very appropriate it's, it's and fitting. Very, very cool. So uh, there you go. There's your big three. Okay. More drummers. A guy we're that gonna... won't get mentioned. Yeah, Stuart Copeland's a phenomenal drummer, but... I think people are going to overlook him. He's he's just not a flashy guy, and you don't know his name. You only know Sting's name in the police. Yeah, listen to the drums in this song. It's very, very cool. Stuart Copeland should be one of the top 35. I'm guessing he might not make the list. Yeah, but we'll feature some more in just a couple minutes.
100.7 KSLX, very much like uh, the top 35 classic rock guitarists of all time or albums of all time or your favorite food. We can't get to everything. We will leave some out. We know that. But we've tried to name as many of the great drummers as we can because we're going to be featuring the top 35 classic rock drummers of all time starting tomorrow morning at 9 o'clock on our Block Party Weekend. And we, we certainly have dug out a couple of names that won't make the list, but we just thought we would note. These are guys. Here's some guys that probably should make the list or may or may not make the list, but guys that aren't, aren't household names. Terry Bozio from Missing Persons. Uh, and, a, and a variety of other bands. Uh, Frank Zappa, early. You yeah. Know, he played with Frank Zappa. Yeah. Uh, Jeff Bocaro from Toto. Is a great drummer. He's yep. played on probably tons of songs you don't even realize he's on. Now, here's the deal. Uh, they're brothers, but they pronounce their names uh, differently. There's Carmine Apice and Vinny Apice. Yes. Uh, or, or Apice, or whichever way you want to pronounce yeah. it. But they do that deliberately to make sure that you don't get them mixed up with each other. Uh, we, I mean, we could talk about Clyde Stubblefield, who is the funky drummer, who's the guy that was such a huge James Brown's drummer. But that's not classic rock. That predates classic rock. Well, w- this has been mentioned a couple of times this morning, especially in the lead singer slash drummer category, Karen Carpenter. Yeah, who actually I guess. could drum very, very well. But again, not classic rock. I mean, there's a bunch of guys. You don't think? Ju- no, I think. <laughs> <laughs> I'm on top of the world, Paul, and I believe it is classic rock. I mean, modern guys. We could talk about Chad Smith from the Chili Peppers. <laughs> we could talk about Taylor Hawkins from the Foo Fighters. Uh, and, oh, by the way, there's another good drummer in the Foo Fighters named Dave Grohl. Those yeah. guys are both pretty yep. good. Um, I mean, uh, uh, Danny Carey from Tool is a phenomenal drummer in today's. You know, sort of a newer, a newer band. I mean, Mitch Mitchell. How do we not mention Mitch Mitchell from the Jimi Hendrix Experience? Yeah. And of course. Of course, Jughead from the Archie. Of course, Jughead, the, the prototype for the heavy metal drummer. All right, so we're going to go with we're going to go with something here that's interesting. <laughs> there are two ways that a drummer gets noticed. One, they're phenomenally talented, right? And two, they're a phenomenal character. Now, example of a phenomenal character who was also talented was Keith Moon. Here's a guy that was so quiet and yet just let everything happen with his sticks. But he wasn't just a drummer who could solo. He wrote music around his drum solo lyrics. Yeah. Check this out. Wait for it. And. His cowbells. Yep. He had a variety of cowbells. They're all tuned. Yep. Not just one. There were numerous. There's like five of them here. It's Neil Peart from Rush. Yep. I remember seeing Rush when I was just a youngster. Look, this is a song unto itself. Yeah. Listen to how much stuff is going on. Yep. When they pulled back things and showed his drum kit for the first time on stage before they even came out, the whole crowd went, oh. Yeah. Because it was so gigantic. It's breathtaking. Yep. All right, so have you ever asked yourself this question? What does it sound like if cocaine were to be recorded? It's very difficult. Yeah. It's very difficult to focus on Alex Van Halen in the band Van Halen when your brother is the greatest guitar player right. that's ever played the guitar. How do you get noticed? How do you get noticed? It's tough. It's tough. Especially your brother's better looking than you. Yeah. He's a guitar player. So yep. it, you know, he's what? up front. He's I mean, he's he's reinvented the instrument. Meanwhile, 
Alex Van Halen is every bit the drummer that Eddie Van Halen is a guitar player. He's very, very good. He's very distinct also. I'll say this. The first time I ever heard Jump by Van Halen, I was listening to the radio. I missed the David Lee Roth scream in the beginning. That would have tipped me off. Right. But when Alex Van Halen came in with a steady beat, I was like, oh, that's that's Van Halen with keyboards. Yeah. And I knew it just because of the sound of his snare. It was completely distinctive. I always thought that was. Um, he's changed that sound here and there. Yeah, but he went to then, Simmons, Simmons drums for a while, those like uh, you know electronic drums that don't really hold up. Back then, though, that sound was completely distinctive yep. to Alex Van Halen. I mean, his snare sound is, 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 is as distinctive as John Bonham. Good. Yeah, I mean, that's just that's the brown sound that they talk about in Van Halen. It's not just Eddie Van Halen. It's Alex Van Halen. And there is another great drummer that should end up somewhere on the top 35. Who knows where they're all going to slide in? I, I, here's what I don't – I feel like we're going to leave somebody out. Well, I'm going to mention Rick Allen from Def Leppard again. You know, he's only got one arm, so he got two mentions. And – yes. and That's fair. And all hail Def Leppard for standing by their drummer in a situation like that. They yeah. didn't have to. They could have left him behind and gone on and continued on without him. But they literally said, this band doesn't work unless you're our drummer. And that's the classiest move in rock. And Jughead was available. Yeah. He just wanted too much money. Mark and Neanderthal. Listen to Mark and Neanderthal when you get to work. They're illegal. With the free KSLX app. 100.7 KSLX. Season's greetings. Hey, dude, shoes here. Is there anything better than going home for the holidays? Of course not. Well, that's exactly how your toes feel after slipping on a pair of Hey Dude shoes. Hey Dude makes the lightest, comfiest, and coziest shoes out there. They make each step as holly and jolly as can be. So, give the gift of comfy this holiday season. Welcome home for the holidays, toes. Hey Dude, good to go to. Membership fees apply after free trial. Cancel any time. Can I be real for a second? That goal you have to exercise and eat better... You really can do it, but nobody is going to do it for you. And nobody has to, because you can do it if you have the right tools and a community that cares about helping you get results. And that's us, Beachbody. It's as convenient as your TV or laptop, but you need to decide that you're worth it. Let us help you succeed. Here's how. Go to Beachbody.com to claim your free membership and start feeling great.